Welcome everyone to the Sabbath School commentary of Lesson 8, Free to Rest. Such an appropriate title for the times that we live in. Are we really free to do anything in this lockdown situation? And we are being limited every day. And can we truly find rest in this world? The news, the social media and all that we see and hear tells us that we can't rest because we have to live in fear. But is this really what the Bible teaches? The memory text this week is Psalms 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, the phrase do not be afraid is in the Bible 365 times. This is a daily reminder to each one of us to be fearless in every way. Although we live in a world full of darkness, our Lord is our light. And when light hits darkness, light always has the victory. Light will always expel the darkness so we can have full assurance in our God, the light of the world. We may be surrounded by death and suffering and the craziness of this world, but our God is our salvation. So why should we fear? We may feel weak and helpless in our current situation, but the Lord is our strength of our lives and his power always works best in our weakness. So why should we be afraid? As we go through the subject of rest from suffering and pain, we are brought to the reality of the feelings that can occur when our prayers for healing are not always answered in the way which we'd like. In these times, how can we find rest? Do we trust when we don't understand? As the lesson refers to on Sabbath afternoon, that the many people who encountered Jesus' ministry were very ill, sometimes even to death. They longed for rest from their sufferings. Jesus had many ways in which he healed people and freed them from their burdens. Often I am approached by people who say, why doesn't Jesus still do miracles today? Is this the case or are we just not seeing the miracles happen? I know that in my personal experience, I was once blind and now I see. I was dead and now I'm alive. I know that through the biggest storms of my life, Jesus was there to say, peace, be still. I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I've experienced for myself the power of God, the healing that he brings and the true rest that we can find in him. This week's lesson looks at two different examples of healing, one in which is so visible that all could see so bad that he was unable to even get himself to Jesus. The other case is where there is no visible indicators, but healing came. And it's key what the lesson says here. Healing came in God's time and way. We first will look at the story of the paralytic man. Now, I have never been a paralytic, but just under two weeks ago, I came crashing down with a virus, not the coronavirus, so don't panic, but one that 
some children that we have staying with us so kindly shared with me. A virus that made me feel like I was a paralytic. Now from Sabbath to Tuesday, I was unable to even get myself out of bed. When we are sick, we need rest. This last experience of mine really proved it. I was really bad and instead of fighting it and trying to get up, I just went with the flow and slept, prayed and read for the four days. Then as a result, by the fifth day, I was as good as gold. But as well as physical rest, we need to rest mentally too. And this is a lesson that I need to learn better than anyone. When I am sick, more times than not, I lay there and I think, I could be doing this, this, and this right now. When we read through this story, though, there are these questions that need to be answered. Mark 2, 5 to 12, the Bible says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, Take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has a power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out into the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God, saying we never saw anything like this. So Jesus is preaching in a house and all these people are blocking the paralyzed man from getting to him. Who are these people? These people are people like the disciples, those who had already heard his teachings, those who had already been healed, and the scribes. So you could say that there was a mixture of church attendees and the sick. You could say that the man represented those who are crippled by life circumstances, that they feel that they need their friends to help them come to Jesus. Sometimes we have to be careful not to block other people's paths from coming to Jesus. Remember in this story, it took four people to even get the guy in front of him. Four people who exercised their faith with works. Coming to Jesus for healing is not always easy for people and we need to stop blocking and be the ones who climb the rooftops and know absolutely 100% that only Jesus can bring them healing. And Jesus will bring that healing. We can't change what people have done, but we can help them come to the change as they find healing in Jesus. But is the healing in itself enough? 
or do, you need to get to the root of the problem first. That's exactly what Jesus does in this situation. First, Jesus fixes the root, the sin, then he heals the consequences of that sin. Now, this is so being on to how it works within our journey. First, we come to Jesus for the forgiveness of our sin. Then he helps us through the healing process from that sin and gives us rest from it. Although not all consequences can be healed straight away, Jesus is there to help you. Jesus wants you to give him burden, give him the burden so that you don't have to carry them. We need this rest because it is our conscience that wants us to be void of the guilt and shame and transgression. The way Jesus goes about this just makes total sense. It's just like when a smoker gets lung cancer, it would be illogical to heal the cancer without dealing with the smoking. It's only common sense to resolve the smoking habit before you cure the cancer. Once both problems have been solved, the person has been made whole, but God doesn't want the person to dwell on the fact that they gave themselves cancer in the first place. God wants us to be free from that burden and give it to him to move forward, resting in the fact that we have been forgiven and healed. Jesus then deals with the scribes, challenging them, not by a multitude of words, but by a single act of his grace. The scribes represent the theologians. Some theologians, despite knowing the truth, are not converted and fight against God's authority and will. We must be careful also not to become like this, for the most of us, it is easy to heal than to forgive. Forgiving someone who we deserve, who we think deserves that position in life is not always the easiest thing to do. But Jesus shows us that he has indeed chosen to forgive the man when he heals him and makes him whole. God is gracious. And he's always waiting to forgive those who sincerely come to him. Jesus paid the precious price for us. And when we accept his free offer of forgiveness, we can spring into life and arise and get up and walk in the path that God has for us. We can find peace and rest even when our prayers for healing are not answered the way that we would like. But how do we do this? We must understand that God knows the beginning to the end. He always has our best interests at heart and that we can only see to the horizon, the here and now. We don't have to understand, just trust. And that is what faith is all about. Trusting without fully knowing and understanding everything. John 20, 29 says, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Truly the blessing is yours when you can't fully see or understand and yet you believe that God knows what he is doing. 
this becomes very important as when things get tough, we as humans are so prone to running away. We feel that need to run and hide from our problems instead of standing firm in our faith and trusting. I know and I've been there. I used to live a life on the run and not just from the authorities, although there was plenty of that too, but from the difficult situations that I didn't want to deal with. I would run to the first substance that I could get my hands on just so that I could become so numb and not feel anything of the world around me. When we read through 1 Kings 18, we are reminded of all that Elijah saw, the miracle of fire, the rain that ended the drought, and yet Elijah ran when the threat came from Jezebel in chapter 19, verse 1 to 5. The Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came down and sat under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. After such victories, it would seem that Elijah would be ready for any trial of faith. But Elijah was suffering from a reaction that so often follows success in today's world. Depression. He had put his hope in victory, which he thought would break the spell of Jezebel upon the king. When Elijah had heard of the queen's stubbornness, he was unprepared for the calm, collected, calculated hatred of the queen. Then without thinking of the consequences of his actions, he fled for his life. He ran. So often with us, like this, the battle has only just begun. And we need to remind ourselves and the enemy that our God that has always given us the victory will indeed do so again when we stand firm in our faith and stay courageous. It's time in this world for us to stop fearing because remember what the Bible says. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. Do we believe this? When Elijah tried, was so tired that he couldn't run anymore. When his fear had driven him far away, he then reflects on his actions with, I'm no better than my father's. He knew the history of his people of Israel and now sees for himself who he truly is. This happens to us too 
We see ourselves for who we truly are. We hit these moments of despair, and but we can praise God in these times because we are led straight to Jesus. We may fail. We may be sinners. But in Jesus, we are seen through the eyes of God as a perfect child of his. God loves us just as he loves his son. We have so much more in Jesus. You know, to know that the king of the universe, the creator of all, loves little insignificant me that much, I can only cry out in praise to our God who is so faithful, faithful to each and every one of us, and say, I love you and I thank you for your patience with me. When we cry out like this to God, he gives us that rest and so much more. Jesus sympathises with our every hurt. There is nothing that you go through alone. Jesus is there and feels your very ache. As Jesus forgave the paralyzed man, so did he Elijah. Elijah is fed while he rests, preparing him to meet the very one who he cares so much about him. We all need to be fed by the word of God while we eat the bread of life and drink from the life-giving waters we come into the presence of our loving Saviour. And just as we are about to give up, God speaks to us in that still small voice. He tells you of that love. He whispers of his plans for you, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. Just like Elijah, his journey, our journey, is not over. Elijah was taken to heaven, and so will we be when Jesus returns to take us home. That day is coming soon, my friends, real soon. This tired old world is coming to an end, and we need not to be in fear or troubled because we can know that when all these things come to pass and things are coming to pass all the time, we see the signs that we can look up for our redemption draws near. Look to Jesus, my friends. Don't look around at the chaos of this world, at the media, at what everybody is throwing at you, at what this world is throwing at us. But look up to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are so kind and gracious towards us, that you are holy, righteous and true. Father, you are the Lord Rock of Ages. You are merciful, kind and long-suffering. Father, we give you all glory for the amazing God that you are. Father, forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for running away. Forgive us for being in fear. Father, wash us as white as snow. 
Strengthen us. Help us to be strong and courageous and to grow in our faith. Father, as we face the world that we live in, help us always to look to Jesus until he comes to take us home. We ask and pray these things of you now. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.